All right, so let's talk. Fornication is bad, and we all know this. We all know this to be true, but people still do it, even in the spirit. Fornication is bad. How do you fornicate? You say to yourself, how do I fornicate spiritually? How is that even possible? Let's use an example. You know, the Bible says that we're not supposed to put old wine into new uh, uh, new wine into old wineskin because the bottle will burst. And I've always asked myself that question. Do we have an example in the Bible when that has happened? Man should not do that because the bottle will burst. But do you know that God can do that thing? God can put new wine in old wineskins because God knows the proper measurements. God knows how much to hold back and how much to give in. God knows those things. So we ask ourselves, fornication. You are not committed to the person you're interacting with. There's no real commitment. You're making a covenant without commitment. That's fornication. Because in the natural sense, the act is covenantial. But there is no long-term commitment after the fact. It's just for pleasure only. And some people treat God the exact same way. They're only around for the pleasurable stuff. But they do not want to commit to him. So if we were to go into, I believe, First Samuel, I believe, maybe Second Samuel. Second Samuel, I believe. Maybe it was more second than first Samuel. There's a story in Samuel or the Kings about a man named Amnon. He was David's son. Okay. So David the king, he was king now, and he had his oldest son, his eldest son, Amnon. Amnon fell in love with his half-sister Tamar. He wanted to be with Tamar. He said he loved her. And I'm not sure if it was his uncle or his cousin, maybe it was his cousin, or somebody that was close to him, let's just say. It was somebody that was close to him, told him to act like he was sick. So Amnon goes and he acts as if he's sick, he's broken down. He needs assistance. And when David finally asked him what's going on what's wrong he said have Tamar come and bake those cakes that she's good at baking and have him bring it to my bedside and feed me with her own hands no problem that sounds like something that may have been done when people were sick and that in you know that may have been done but hey the king ordered it so and so 
she's in there baking the cake. She's making these particular bread things, uh, uh, cakes for him to make him feel better. And he tells everyone to leave the room. And after everyone leaves the room, he tells her about his affections for her. And then he proceeds to tell her to lay with him. Her response is, hold on. Why don't you just ask the king for me? He would gladly give me to you in marriage. But no, Amnon's passion or lust, as it were, drove him to rape her. And then after he rapes this woman, then he begins to hate her. Interesting thing that happens here. The hate that he hated her with was greater than the level of love that he had for her in the beginning. The strange thing is that we, that we, the strange thing is that there are people that do God the exact same way. What do you mean by that? We present ourselves to God as if we're broken. We present ourselves to God as if we're going to be humble. We present ourselves to God as if we are in need of him. Now, God is not fooled. He is not an idiot. He knows all things. First off, let's get that out the way. But the reason he does think because he's perfect in his wisdom and he wants man to know man's decisions, man's heart, man's character. So when a person brings themselves before the Lord, humbles themselves before God, they, they bring themselves in a manner where they need God. So when God shows up, then all they want to do is take the good parts and then go back to their idolatrous ways. So. Okay, so. Now. To end the story of what happened. She said, do not commit this offense. Do not commit the offense because the offense of sending me out is greater than the one that you are about that you committed so to send her out was greater after you raped her you send her away and she said that sin was greater than the one you just committed so people present themselves to God as if they're broken he shows up or gives them what they want blesses them with whatever they're praying for 
knowing that they're not committed. They know they're not committed. So they take the blessing, take the healing. The spirit shows up and they take what they want and then turn to idolatry, turn to sin, turn to that thing that keeps people from God to begin with. Thereby telling the servants to get rid of the one that, that came to feed them and make them better. Listen, God isn't going to remain in a place where there's sin. You can't mix holy and profane. Okay, so God is holy. You want that? You can have that. Step back. And the offense, but remember the words of Tamar. The offense of sending him out is greater than the offense of you taking the goodies because you can take the goodies and then repent. Look, Lord, I repent for the way I acted. I repent for what I did. You know, my heart wasn't committed. I want to be right now. When you repent, you turn away. You understand? And things can be made right through God's mercy but to send him away is the greater offense to send him away with your idolatry to send him away with your sins to send him away with your lack and your stubbornness and your rebellion that is the greater offense <laughs>